Pulp MX Network Production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome everybody to the Pulp Hockey Podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. It's summertime, so obviously the shows aren't coming as much anymore, but uh, we'll be back into it up in the fall, and uh, appreciate all the downloads, appreciate the listens, get it on Stitcher, get it on iTunes, get it on PaulPocky.com, and uh, if you're going to go with the the best men's underwear out there, go to 2UNDER, the number 2UNDER, Ferraro20 is the code for uh, the best men's underwear out there, and we thank you guys, a lot of NHL guys run uh, 2UNDER, and so should you. So, with me on the line, former 30 goal man, former Boston Bruin, Toronto Maple Leaf, Vancouver Canuck, um, great player of my childhood when I was a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, and I'm pumped to talk to him. Tom Fergus, what's up, Tom? Uh, welcome to the show. Well, I, I, everything's good, but I just, uh, I'm one of the, um, I'm a fan favorite of the two under myself. Oh, well, then we'll get you some. Yeah, they're, uh, funny enough, we got them if we did, so, we hit the ball somewhere on the golf course, <laughs> and everybody was raving about how comfortable those yeah, they're great. Comf- they're a great uh, underwear, and uh, they're buddies of mine up based out, based out of Vancouver, and uh, uh, they help us out a little bit on the podcast. So it's uh, it's awesome. So oh, very nice, very nice. Um, thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Um, I saw you still do some alumni games, and uh, you had a nice career in the NHL. Five hundred eighty-one points in seven hundred twenty-six games. It's pretty good. Um, not too bad. So what's Tom Fergus doing now? What's happening? I have had a uh, promotional business for um, almost 23 years now. We do corporate clothing around the, well, all of Canada, but mainly in the Toronto area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, for 22 years. So we sell from pens right up to leather jackets and everything in between. Oh, nice. Okay. So I started that a year after I retired. So, it's yeah, it's been good. We've had some tough times. Uh but we've, it's, you know, we fought through, and it's been good all the way. That's nice. Some guys, when they quit the game, they don't quite know what to do, right? They don't quite understand what the next step is. Well, uh, I don't. I, I think for for the the normal, I wouldn't say normal, but the the, the average person who never did that for a living, I, I think it's hard for them to understand that your whole life is hockey, hockey, hockey. Right, right. right. Well, a lot of guys, you get out of it, and really what you know best is hockey. And the funny part is it's very tough to stay in hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough to get into the junior leagues because people are very intimidated by right. NHL guys because yeah. it's like any profession. If, if you've been in it and made a living at it, you've seen and done stuff that the average person just can't do or doesn't understand it. Yeah, did you have any desire to get into coaching or scouting or anything? Have you looked around? Is something that you interested in or no? You just didn't want to any didn't want to involve yourself in the hockey anymore. I don't I don't think it was I, I coached my kids all the way through. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think No, I I love to coach. I, I see coaching as a real spot in Canadian hockey that is lacking. Mhm. Uh you know, from the ground roots up, it's it's. I've seen so many guys who really shouldn't be coaching. <laughs> right. But my coaching was, yeah, I love doing it. Right. I didn't want to stay in any high capacity because I had young kids and I already traveled enough when they were little. Yeah. Yeah. So no. I'm happy I did what I did. They're getting older, and now I'm just in, enjoying. Them being older, right, know, right. I, I don't, but I really think, and I, I don't have any solutions by any stretch. But mm-hmm. as a minor hockey coach all those years, it was just—it's sad that so few really get the game. Right, right. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a cry out for some more skill skill teaching, some more skill. Um, drills and these kind of things with our players. Um, um, I think it's, I don't know, it's one of those things where people are saying like the other countries are catching up to Canada as far as, um, you know, 
we're playing too many games, maybe not enough focusing on drills. I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I, I think it's. I, I think the great thing about Canada is we we continue to get those elite elite kids like the Connor McDavid's mm-hmm. that other. I think other countries don't get him. Like Connor McDavid will be a staple here for the next 15 years. Yeah. And he'll be a superstar, and we'll need it on all the Canadian teams. I think 100% we don't teach skill anymore. We teach dump it in, get it out. <laughs> if it's out of my end, you can't score. Right, right, exactly. Um, but if you look at the team like Chicago Blackhawks, mm-hmm. they control the good teams control the puck. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. It's about possession now, and we're we're we're, we're tracking. But we that don't now. do yeah. it. There's too yeah. many guys that just get it up, get it in, and get it. I mean, for the most part, you can really tell when you watch two good teams play as opposed mm-hmm. to the lesser teams in the NHL. It's just not entertaining. Yeah, no, you have a point. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's still a great game, and uh, I think in every every. 10-year segments, you run into different issues that they got to sure. correct, and I think they try to do that, but from a ground roots up for kids, I don't know what the answer is. The answer is because you try to teach people hockey, but most people think they know it all. I find the ones that don't know it all are the NHL players are willing to ask <laughs> other players or other people they respect in it to learn, where coaches today pretty well think they know it all. They can't do it, but they know it. Right, right. Um, let's talk a little about the alumni. So you still put the uh, blades on every now and then. Um, how, how much do you play? How much do you enjoy um, doing that? And do you still have your good wrist shot? Because I remember as a kid, you had a cannon for a wrist shot. Uh, so how's that going? I think we're I, – I think the I think the NHL and the Toronto Maple Leaf alumni – do a great job in our charity work that involves, you know, involves a lot of hockey games. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the Toronto Maple Leafs themselves are helping our alumni. So that that's an unbelievable asset. And I, I think more and more we're, we're playing more and more games because they're so effective in the fundraising aspect. Sure. You know, and the NHL, and we have private partners that uh, organize games. So, really, I think the alumni games overall are probably as high as they've ever been. So now you got to play more and play harder. <laughs> it's like well, back, being you back. know what? <laughs> In order for the alumni to succeed, we need the younger guys also, right? I'm yeah. not old, but I'm certainly right. not 35. Right. So you you need that influx of the younger guys, which we're all worried about that happening. Mm -hmm. But I think it will. I think everybody that retires needs a year off completely, and then they, you know, we all like we all love hockey. That's why we did it for a living. Yeah. So how's the wrist shot, Tom? Still good? Well, I I don't know how good it ever was, but it's not as good as it was. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, I think you I used to have a. I mean, Wendell was pretty good too. But I remember uh, watching plenty. You score plenty of goals as a as a Maple Leaf fan uh, back in the day. Um, uh, so who's the alumni guy that's still really good? Is there a guy that's like who's, who's there's a few uh, Dave McElwain, but you know who's really good is Gary Lehman. Yeah, yeah, Lehman's still good. You know, the the big difference in alumni hockey is everybody old old or young that played in the National League, everybody can pass. Right. So I, I think I wish more coaches understood the importance of teaching a kid how to pass and take a pass because really that's what we do. So we could have a 60-year-old, but you know full well if you pass it to him. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to pass it back to you. He's not going to go digging in the corners by any stretch. <laughs> right, right. It's, you know, I did one of these with McIlwain, too, and, and it's not surprising that he's still really good because he just quit playing like five years ago. The guy played forever in Europe. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize that, but he played forever. So it um, wasn't that long ago that he was still playing in the Swiss League or whatever. Yeah, so he can still uh, right. fly pretty good. Um Interesting. Uh, that do you watch the games now at all? Uh, do you go down in, in the alumni box and watch some games, or what do you think of the Leafs now, or or the league in general? Uh, I like the uh, I like what the Leafs are doing. I think I actually think they're in the right direction because it does take time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you gotta you look at a young kid, and it does take very. Seldom does a young kid roll like you have the Crosby again. You have McDavid, mm-hmm. 
But very few come in the first year and really, shall we say, light it up, so they say. So it does take a few years. I think the Leafs have really, with Brendan at the helm, has really figured that out, that we have to give these – we have to give the kids the opportunity to succeed instead of rushing them into failure. So I think they're doing that well. And and it's the old story. You just never know if a star junior will become a star pro. Right. So I, I think that's where they're at. I, I think they cast a big web and get as many guys in that prospect category as you can get. And then it's let's see where they, yeah. you know, let's see how they all develop. I think again there you could get a six rounder that'll develop better than a first rounder in the end. Yeah, it's almost like uh, a shotgun approach. If you have just thirty draft picks or whatever compared to the normal fifteen, um, you're just bound to hit more often on guys, right? You just you're bound to hit more often. And, and I think that's what they're doing. Right, I, I don't yeah. think they're. I mean, it showed this year they weren't rushing guys. They played them a little bit mm-hmm. at the end, but they didn't rush anybody in that shouldn't be there. Right. And I think this year will be one of those years where they've got some young guys that, you know, may or may not be able to, but if you stick them in and they don't do well, it's just not good on the confidence. It's almost like, did you see that? You weren't a younger kid. You'd been in the league a number of years, but when you got to Toronto, um, there were certainly were some young guys like Wendell, like Courtno, like Gary Lehman, um, who who had some promise. I uh, Frady, and you know whether it was Brophy or or who or George Armstrong or whoever, um, there wasn't there was a kind of just throw them out there, right? It was a little bit like not a lot of protection back then for young kids. It was sink or swim. Well, I, I think that the, the also the major difference with the sick sink or swim is is you have to watch because you're putting them into a tough situation. It's one thing if you bring a young one or two guys into Chicago, Mm -hmm. you know, while they're a winning team or L.A. or one of the top teams, but when you put young kids on a team that hasn't won in a few years and you expect them to turn the corner, that that puts more pressure, and Toronto's a pressure cooker as it is. Right, right. So that's why I I think they're – I'm like every other Leaf fan. I, I'm thinking they're in the right direction. I'm hoping they're in the wrong, the right direction. Uh-huh. And these will be crucial times on where to put these young kids. Hey, as a guy that was drafted by Boston and played there in the beginning of his year, can you go play for the Bruin alumni, or is that is that treason? You can't no, do no, it. No, no, you can. Uh, I, I do some events for the Bruins Oh, okay. Also. All right. I didn't know how that worked. I didn't know if guys had to sort of declare – which team they want to play for. Oh, no, you're an alumni of all the teams you played on. Oh, okay, okay, I got it. I mean, obviously I live here, so I do a lot more with the Leafs. Right, but you can show up at at the Bruin alumni and be okay. Yeah, I played in the Winter Classic. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. should have done my research better. Um, Yeah, so so it's all... uh, Right. It's all good. Hey, it's all in the name of charity. So, I mean, I don't think anybody would be upset if you played for <laughs> Well, I would think, though, like there's some guys that don't get invited. Like, obviously, you had a great career, scored lots of points wherever you were. But I imagine there's some guys that didn't get invited that try hard to get in those alumni games. But there's just not enough room, right? I don't know. I would think it's a little It's po- also you, you, you can't bring a guy in from Detroit. Although we bring Al in a lot, I shouldn't say Detroit, but you can't bring a guy in for Boston for just one alumni game up in uh, yeah, right. So there's obviously the guys that get in the games are the ones who still play, right, and the ones that are in the area and can take time off work and to do it. Do it's it, not yeah. always uh, you know just get up and go. True. Um, hey, let's get into your career a little bit. Uh, you had a nice career, 30 goals a few times, uh, lots of points, some injuries too. When I when you look at your career, and I remember as a kid too, um, definitely you missed some time with injury, but let's get into your career a little bit. Um, one of the things I looked at was you were born in Chicago. Another thing said you grew up in Montreal. Are both of those things true? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, we moved to Montreal when I was two months old. Oh, okay. So you're basically f- from Montreal. Yeah, you could say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was born in Chicago. We lived yeah. in Montreal till the 76 Olympics. We moved after the Olympics. Oh, where'd you go? To, to Toronto. To Toronto, okay. Oh, so so you're a dual citizen then? Your parents are, were dual citizens? And an immigrant. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, a, I'm an American citizen with land and immigrant status. Ah, got it. Yeah, see, I'm going through my citizenship right now. To I'm, I don't want to lose my Canadian, but I'm going to keep the – I'm going to get American citizen too, so I can be both. 
It'll be much, yeah. much, be yeah. much handier when I go across well, the border. that's where I am. So I can go across the border. I can do whatever I want. Right. As long as I'm a good boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, third drafted third round uh, paid for Peterborough. Drafted third round uh, in 1980 uh, for Boston. Um, it took you. A, you played another year in junior, and then the next year you uh, you made the Bruins. Did you expect to make it? Was it uh, one of those things where you were on the border, or did you go to camp that that second year of being drafted and be like, "Hey, I'm I'm, I'm going to make the team." Um. Well, it's sort of a. I went to, we were the first year of the underage. So I was drafted out of junior with very, very, again, mediocre, well, bad, I guess, very low <laughs> stats. Mm-hmm. And But we also had a very good team. We went to the Moral Cup. So I was a young kid. So I really went to camp to see what it was like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had no thoughts of making it. But I also got in shape for it, and when I went, I did realize then I could play pro. Yeah, you were like, so hey. the next year I went back with the full intention of making. It was still an underage year, mm-hmm. but I did go back with the full intention of making the team. Whether it happened, we'll see. But right. so it did happen, and I did play as an underage. As, did you play center right away, or were you on the wing at first, or did I they was put center right away? Yeah, they put you. So the number one, like a. Like Again, a, they had good. They were in a little bit of a transition. Mm-hmm. I think they had a year where the team was was good, but not great. And then they made a couple of changes because they actually brought three centermen in. Steve Casper made it as an underage year before, mm-hmm. and then me and Barry Peterson made it the year after. So we actually had three playing centermen that were rookie, two rookies, and one second year guy. Yeah, so they were, and then there's, but there's still some holdover guys like Middleton and uh, um, some older guys that are kind of uh, Terry O'Reilly, Brad Park. These guys were from the glory years of the Bruins, so it was a weird time, huh? It was uh, must have been pretty cool, though. It was a great time, and the older guys. It's so important to have the older guys. Mm-hmm. So important. See, I, I think that's what happened to the Leafs in the early years is they got rid of all the older guys. They kept Boria, who was a great guy. Yep. But you need more than one, right? Right. So I think Boston did that well. They, we had a bunch. We had Don Marcotte there when I was there. Yeah, which is old school, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but, but they went through the times. The game yep. has changed. The game has changed. Has the game changed as much as the rules have changed it and the equipment has changed it. Like, I look back, I even tell with my son, I, we, I laugh because I go, try to stick handle. I just happen to have some of those old, old sticks at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, when you don't think the 60s was good hockey, take a look at the stuff they used to. I don't think yeah. the kids could even use it today. I know, huh? Like an old 50-30 Sherwood. <laughs> yeah, so, you, so I think the game's changed by just the sheer advancement in all the equipment the skates are very nowadays even as kids you just have bad skaters you don't have ankle skaters anymore right right <laughs> you can't you i mean a truck couldn't bend those yeah that's a good point anymore you're right Where in the old days you could bend them right out of the right out of the package yeah I know I, I I was playing here in Vegas for a little bit and I I I'd forever I hadn't played for a long long time and I got a brand new stick and my shot got instantly better. I was like, oh, this is a good stick. These are, these things really work. I noticed yeah, they it, do. I noticed it right away. I was like, oh man, my shitty shot got you know twenty percent better with just this stick. So, um, well, you think how those older guys would have shot the puck? I know, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I don't I, really think the. I mean, everything's getting better. The game's faster. But I don't, you know, I don't think anybody even today skates as good as Dave Keon did. Yeah, it's it's all relative, right? I mean, yeah, especially for back then, it's all relative. Those guys were phenomenal. Just the equipment. So I think some of the yeah. rules. I mean, I'm not a lover of the no red line. You're not a lover of the no red line. No, I don't think I, I don't see what it's done to the game. It's just made it. It's just made them to be able to get it out of their end quicker mm-hmm. and into your end. Well, but it hasn't created like the score. The scoring's yeah. not up. Yeah. Well, I think it, when they first did it, the game was much better coming out of the lockout, and I was pretty stoked on it. And the goals per game were up, and it was an entertaining game. And then now we're right back down to pre-lockout levels, and the red line is. I thought the red line was removing it was a reason. 
but clearly not because we're right back down to levels before the lockout. And I'm with you. I hate to admit it because I'm a, I love hockey, but it's tough to get through a lot of games these days. So because well, it's just too much. Like you can want it's the same. And coaches are so. We all say that this guy's a genius and the next guy's a genius. Mm-hmm. You know who the geniuses are? The ones that can really handle players. And you have top players. Mm-hmm. There's no bad team winning the cup. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, so many coaches, they all, everyone thinks they're their own. I think they're their own person on how they handle players. The design of the game just doesn't alter as much. You know, how many times does a D come out from behind the net, fire it up to the guy at the red line or the far blue line, and he tips it in? Yeah, yeah. If I see that play again, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> You're right. It I mean, that's yeah. the no yeah. red line. Yeah, yeah. So there's so you have players going 100 miles an hour that don't have to worry about the offsides that were there for all those years. So mm-hmm. I, is it a better game? The playoffs were exciting, but playoffs I'm are like you. I, I thank God for a channel changer. Yeah, yeah, no, it's tough. These, I, I, I actually I wish um, they, the NHL – I, I'm pissed at the NHL. They took all the old games off the internet, the NHL vault, and uh, I used to love watching those. And uh, I guess I'm stuck back then, but uh, they were they were pretty entertaining. Some of those Flames Oilers games from back in the day are unbelievably entertaining. You know? Yeah, I'm glad they took the hooking. Yeah, like I'm I'm glad they some of the rules they made have been really good. But if you took all the hooking out, think how nice it would be back with the red line. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You've got tight plays. You've got mm-hmm. people being able to pinch a little more because you don't have a guy that's two lines past you. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think a lot of alumni, when we get together, I, I would say the consensus would be to put the red line back in. The funny part is most of the guys making the rules are alumni guys. Yeah, they are, absolutely. Right. That is always a an interesting we're talking about that it should change, yet alumni guys that run it don't think they think they've got a great game. Uh, you know, and I think like you, some of the games are somewhat boring and I hate <laughs> to say that because I still love hockey. Yeah. I watch it I mean, I'm watching a lot of junior hockey now because my kid's in it, but I, yeah. I mean, I watch a lot of games weekly. Right. And a lot of them I just sort of, it's on in the background more than watching it. Yeah, yeah, I, I hate to agree with you, but I do. Um, hey, let's get back into your career. i got a few questions. 82-83, Boston, Cheevers coaching. Uh, got a great team, an amazing team, actually. And you guys just kind of ran up against the Islanders uh, in the semifinals, huh? Um, but what a, what a season that was! Barry Peterson uh, led the way. Um, you uh, sixty three points for you in eighty games. So that's a good year. Yeah, I don't. We we just had a good mix of everything. We had a good. Uh, we had great guys that were great for the team. We mm-hmm. had older guys that helped the younger guys. Cheesy was a great guy. A great. You know, I think he was a great coach. The way he coached. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was a tactician, but the guys all really liked him and played for him. Yep. And we had older guys like Brad Park that were a little more X's and O's. So we we did a, we had a great mix of guys. The the bummer was so did the Islanders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were pretty good back then. Um, they were good, and Bossy was that kind of guy that just scored. He just could score goals. Yeah. He killed us a couple of the games. Yeah. I mean, but they were no slouch. They were big on D. They had good four line. I mean, they were a heck of a team too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't really can't really say Peters won the Vesna, I think, that year for you guys, so he was on fire. Yeah, he was great. Um, he was great that year. Uh, Rick Middleton, what was he like as a player? I've always even when you look at his stats, he doesn't he, nobody talks about him for the Hall of Fame. Nobody mentions him, but man, he has really good stats, uh goals, points per game. Put him up year after year, right? I mean, the guy, and he never wore a helmet. That was pretty. He was, uh, he was, uh, he was awesome. Yeah. I and mean, he used to do stuff that you, you'd be in awe on the bench. But he did it very quietly. Yeah. He wasn't a showman at any. I remember, I remember doing a, an event at a school when I was younger with him. There was four of us in this, um, auditorium with all the kids in the whole school asking questions. Mm -hmm. And I always thought it was funny, but I thought, what a great question. One of the kids asked them, Mr. Middleton, how come when you score a goal, 
you don't put your hands up. <laughs> right. So we're all, the three of us looking at him, we're like, what a question. Because right. it is a great question. Yeah, yeah. And he said, well, with all the work it takes to score a goal, he goes, I feel like it's more of a relief. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, thank God I scored. Yeah, um, so, and, but that's the way he was. He was a great, he is a great guy, very unassuming. I would say he rates as one of the top Ten stick handlers in the game. Yeah, he was great as a kid. I remember watching him. Nine hundred and eighty-eight points in a uh, thousand five games. Like, if somebody did a a tape of his goals, mm-hmm. you'd see some of the goals he scored were. You, you that's almost, why his nickname was Nifty. Nifty. Yeah, you almost wish he could have got those twelve more points for a thousand, just to make it. You know, but yeah, I, mean, I, I was gone by then. Yeah, so I didn't. Uh, yeah. I don't know what happened. Um. Speaking of you being gone, did you have any idea that they would trade you to Toronto? Did you you'd come off a season best uh, or career best seventy three points in seventy nine games again? You and uh, uh, Barry Peterson, I think he was still there. I don't think he was traded yet at that oh, point. Oh, he was still there. Yeah. Oh, and, you know what? It was it was all strictly a, a money thing. Whoa, really? You know what's funny? I've done a few of these with older guys, and Doug Smale comes to mind, and a few other guys, Al Secord. Back in the day, that's just what they did. Like. They just you're 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 not worth the money later, like we're trading. Like they had so much power over you guys back then. Uh, and then and that's and that's exactly what happened. I mean, I was happy. I mean, I was being moved around a little bit, but mm-hmm. I was happy in Boston. Boston's a great town. They got great fans. It's a great city. There's nothing. There's nothing I would say bad about it. I, I can't even say anything really overly bad about Harry. He was running a business. Yep. He allowed me to play as an underage. So, I mean, he did a lot of good. The bottom line was he was more into saving every red nickel he could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going into my fifth year, and he doesn't want to give you a raise at all. And, I, you know, yeah. I don't even know how many guys scored 30 goals on the team that year. Right, right. And so, but, you, so you just said, hey, I want to, I, I've outperformed my contract and, and I want a new deal. Oh, no, I had a negotiation clause in it. I wasn't breaking any rules. Okay. All right. And then, Choose not to do it. And Harry was that kind of – and he's done it really. He did it right up to the day he retired. Right. Yeah. You know, it, so that was the bottom line. And I was just sort of fed up and said, if you're not going to give me any extra money, then trade me. And that's what he did. That's crazy back then. You guys, it's just – not the only guy that – I mean, you're oh, right. No, that no, that it, was sort of the norm for the most part unless you signed for what he wanted. Yeah, no, I've done a bunch of these with older guys, alumni guys, and it, it just – Time after time after time, the general managers and the owners just had you guys over a barrel, you know, and it was like, here's what you play for. If you don't like it, beat it, you know, either minors or trading or whatever, you know, so. Yeah, uh, and they did have that control. So so you kind of figured you would go, like that you, it wasn't a big surprise. No, no, I knew yeah. I was going. Um, and then what about going to Toronto? What about another original six team? Were you excited about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was excited. I was excited to go anywhere. Right. Because I wasn't happy with where I was. I was happy where I was, but I was right. sad that they wouldn't do anything to give you any, but you know, wouldn't even give you a raise at all. The bad part is Ballard wasn't exactly an awesome owner either. Did he rip up your deal? Did he give you what you wanted, or did you? Oh, no. At the time, it was a 40% increase with the with the exchange. Yeah, true, right? Yeah, good point. I never thought of that. And really, I was that wasn't. You know, I didn't go there demanding anything. I played the next year and then re-signed. Right. Um, now, I remember as a kid, you and Brophy, John Brophy, who just passed away, by the way, um, I've I've always asked a bunch of questions about Brophy from a bunch of uh, Leaf alumni. Uh, I just did one with Alan Bester not that long ago. And he seemed like, as a, as a guy watching, he seemed like a crazy man, like a guy who didn't really know much about coaching. He seemed kind of crazy. But everybody I've spoken to, just about even even Al Secord, who seemed to battle with him, has said he was a good guy. He he coached with a lot of passion. Um, Who's that? Who's that? Brophy about oh, Brophy. Oh yeah, yeah. So, what did you take of him? What did you think? I I would have to agree with them all. He was he was a and he was a very funny guy. <laughs> he was yeah. <laughs> he was he was a little bit. Um, I found him to be a really good guy, funny, but I think he was out of his league. Right. Like I don't, I don't think. You want to talk about somebody not because he's not with us anymore. But I, no, I don't no. think he was really capable of coaching at that level. Not without 
maybe more assistance. Wow. You want to talk about a guy who just said dump it in, right, and go fight, go f- dump it in and go go beat the crap out of the other team? That's. But the bummer is we weren't that kind of team. No, no. You're right. asking the, the kind of team that didn't play that style to become a style that, you know, we yeah. weren't the Broad Street bullies. Yeah. No. You know, so, I, I don't. I mean, I like Brof. I, I, don't, I just don't. And I don't think he understood – Okay, you you have a guy like Dan Dow. What does Dan Dow do well? Well, he's a great checker. Yep. Get under the skin of people, and he can score some goals if he gets a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, I never played him like that. Right. You know, they give him a shift here. You know, so that's – and I think that's with coaches even today. The good coaches really figure out what guys do well. Like, take a look at how Kessel did when yeah. they let him just play his, yeah. his game. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't. Look at the difference. He wasn't I mean, he was on a better team, but Kessel played his game. So whether you he didn't hit anybody, mm-hmm. but he sure put some goals in. And I tell you, with any luck, he could have another eight or nine goals. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So um, he, I mean, to me, that that's a that's an idea of coaching because they let him play his game. They put the other guys to do a little bit of the grinding, dirty work. Mm-hmm. But I think those grinding, dirty work guys got more points because they were on with Kessel. And Kessel got more points because he was on with them. So to me, that was a good coaching. They let him do what he does. Because, I mean, a couple of times you would have killed him because he didn't go hit a guy that was right there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it takes yeah. the good with the bad. Not everybody can do everything. No, absolutely. Um yeah, and you battled with Bro a few times, right? Like in the papers and stuff. I remember him criticizing you a little bit here and there. Um, you know, it was one of those things where maybe you weren't the type of guy that he, maybe you didn't fight or, or or hit guys. I mean, you were a skill, number one center, type of you know, player at all. Yeah, so you're a number one center. No um, secret to that. But you, you again, you you don't have. Not all of us played the same way, right? Yeah. Bummer yeah. is he wanted everybody to play the same way. <laughs> I yeah. think you play the same type of system, but every system needs certain types of players. Are you saying that? That's Russell, what I said. Yeah. Rove's a good guy. I yeah. have no. I just don't think he was at that time was the you know was really capable of handling. Yeah, Russ Cortno is not a dump and chase type of player. Exactly. <laughs> Russ Cortno's not going to go run over guys. No, no. He'll hit when it's there, and you know he was you know he was a good player, but. Start wanting him to do stuff that's not what he was drafted for. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you can alter players. You cannot fully change them. It was a good team. When you look at the team, again, uh, I was a Leaf fan, so maybe I'm a bit biased. When you look at the individual skill, whether it's yourself or Russ Courtnell uh, or Wendell, Steve Thomas, Gary Lehman, Damfus was was a rookie. Um, I, I, Frady was certainly can skate and shoot and everything else. Marwa like, come up and score, I think, 39 yeah, thir- or 40 goals is almost, I think he was a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good individual team, but never, you know, could never really get the results. And, yeah, it's probably mostly due to, you know, sort of a culture, no old guys coaching slash, you know, being cheap. Um, well, I've always said to um, to people about the Leafs of the 80s, we struggled through the 80s. But in reality, they had we had some pretty darn good players. Yeah, it just was everyone sort of fighting in different directions. Yep, um, and, that, and that is a major. You can have a not a very good team all fighting in the right direction and do all right. Right, right. You know, we did have some good players. Yeah, absolutely. I always said to this day, uh, Gary Lehman scored fifty goals, but boy, he would have been a hell of a defenseman. Yeah, didn't he? I think he played defense in junior. He came up as a yeah, D. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. he. Cause, yeah. I mean, he's he's very mobile. I think he would have been a. I mean, I think he's a kind of guy that might have been good on the point on the power play on D. Right. You know, but here he was scoring as a forward, so you're never gonna. Why would you change that, right? Yeah, there's lots of stories about uh, Afraidy and sort of being weird and being super talented. Did you, did you find that also? Were you were there times you would shake your head and laugh at, at Big Al and some of the things he would say and do? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, Al had a lot of talent. Again, yeah. he came up in a tough situation, right? As a highly touted player in a in a tough situation, so I think he did well. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of heat on him, so I, I think it was tough on him. I think he did a good job. You know, was he different? Nah, 
not. I mean, I guess I guess if you were talking to him, he could say I was a little different, right? Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Was, yeah, who he knows? Was a good guy, right. very nice guy. And um, he is to this day. I see him a lot doing charity events. I think his career sort of moved up a couple of ranks when he left the team. I, I agree. When he got the Capitals, yeah, all of a sudden people were like, "Hey, look at him! Like he's actually good," you know. And yeah, so yeah. That, that's another. That, that's what I talk about: the situation where you got guys sort of fighting in wrong direction. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I think today's g- game for a good coach is getting them all in the right direction. Were you more than doing any skip? Like you don't. The guy in Pittsburgh's not teaching Sidney Crosby how to play hockey. Yeah, no, absolutely. Become, right. You know, more of the, into the team, and here's what we're trying to do. And if you if you follow what we're trying to do, the other guys will follow you. Mm-hmm. Let I me. Mean, did you ever think Pittsburgh was going to win the cup? No. Yeah, exactly. No, they're not not really thought about. I wouldn't a, say it was lucky. I thought they played pretty damn good. Yeah, no, absolutely. They, they, Mike Sullivan made a big difference. Yeah, so I, I think that's what he did. He got there and Sid played. I tell you, I thought he was, I was as close to anyone to say his career is coming to an end. Right. And all of a sudden he lights it up and, and you know, and played well all playoffs. In Boston, you were a number two center for the most part behind Barry Peterson. In, in Toronto, when you got there, and they were good teams. You had pretty good teams in Boston for, for a good part of your career. You go to Toronto, and now I remember you playing number one center for a, long, for a lot of times. Um, what's the – I mean, I guess you'd rather be a number two on a, on a successful team, right, than sort of have everybody looking at you on, on a team that um, isn't that good. As, as, does it matter to you? Do, you? do you look back, would you rather have been like a guy on a more successful team but, but a number two center? I don't. I never really looked at it that way. No. Okay. If you were one of the top three lines. You were playing. You were playing, mm-hmm. and the power play usually had very seldom did you have a power play that was so pop. Like as soon as Oilers power play hit, Gretzky jumped over. Right. Right. Like there was, but you didn't have. I mean, even the Islanders had a had a pretty good second power play. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you always got time. If you're one of those top two, because a good coach, again, if your power play goes out and scores a goal quick, they usually will go back to you to see if you can keep it rolling. You're, you know, that line or that power mm-hmm. play's having a good night. So I, I didn't really, I didn't do a lot of thinking of that, because even in Boston when you say two or three, we had our third line was pretty damn good. Our fourth line was was pretty good. Mm-hmm. So we really had, there's no question Barry and Nifty were the number one line, mm-hmm. but the other three were pretty good lines. When you, I, I think that's, if you look at Pittsburgh, all their lines were pretty good. That's why they won the Cup. Yeah, absolutely. When so, you put, They all got good ice time. You're always going to have the Crosbys and certain guys that are going to get more ice time. You, but you don't win unless you get at least, I, I think you need all four lines to play well. Yeah, I agree. When you, you grew up in Montreal, but like you said, you moved to Toronto later on. Now you're playing for the Leafs. They're not that good. Is it tough for you, your buddies, your family, your friends? you got to deal with like what's going on. Um, you're injured for a little bit of that time. It, does, it, is it worth, does it make the situation worse, or were you, was it cool, that fact that you were playing for the Leafs? I think what made it tough was it was the first – Time in my life where we weren't we were losing more than we were winning. Right, right. You were like, what? What is this? As Peterborough, we did well as right. a kid. I mean, we didn't win. All, you know, yeah. we won more than we lost. Mm-hmm. Right? And so here we are losing more than we're winning. So was it tough? Yeah, it was really tough. Yeah, it wears on you. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, You're, you know, people think, oh, so, and then it gets to where, oh, they certain guys don't care. Well, that I wouldn't say that on any guy on the team. Right. That, that's, I mean, some people handle it differently. Some people yell out. Some people, you know, everyone handles every situation different. But losing is tough. Yeah. It's not fun. No. Like, you'd think the Leafs today, those guys had a fun season. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? But, I mean, realistically, yeah, yeah everyone yeah. goes, well, they get paid. Well, yeah, we get paid, and they're happy about that, but you're at your job. Every day, that's not going the way you want it to. Mm-hmm. So it's you try to have fun and you try to figure we're on the way up, we're going to get better, and you keep moving along and keep pushing. But it's it's not 
sure there was there was a lot more tension in Toronto than there was in Boston. Right. And Harry kept a tighter grip in Boston. So when things went bad, he was on it immediately. Right. And he would go crazy. How was uh, how was your relationship with Harold Ballard? Was he all right? Did, I mean, obviously, as a fan, I look back and be like, oh, he made so many terrible moves, and he was out of his. Uh, I talk didn't about, really have. I mean, was he, he was around, and and really, everyone on the team knew what he was like. So everybody kind of just put up with it, whatever. Well, you said hello to him and weren't near him because you never know what would come in the paper. <laughs> I know, right? Um, Hey, ninety ninety one. You only played fourteen games. I think it was your back. Was it your back? Am I missing? Am I forgetting? I had groin surgery. Oh, okay. All right. So I was off. Um, where did you do that early in the year? And then right away, it was it kept you out the rest of the year. What what happened? Oh no, I heard it. I heard it the year before. Okay. So then I tried to rehab it all summer, mm-hmm. but it, as soon as you got into the pushing and pulling, it didn't hold. Oh, so that was it. Done for the year. I went and got it operated on. And it, did it fix it 100% or were you still struggling with it? I think it fixed it 95%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you always know, I know what's there today. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. Um, so it did it. Yeah, it, it definitely got me able to play again. But right. with it, I couldn't play. Some of the other injuries, didn't you have your back at some point? Yeah, my back was. Yeah, yeah I, I remember. Like it was like, oh, Fergus is out for a while with a back injury or something. So yeah, I had some. Uh, yeah, again, there. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah, like, there's no peace in an injury. You yeah, know, you're always yeah. pushing to try to get back, and then if you come back too soon, it's. So that was a little bit of a nightmare some of those years. Um, when you got waived by Toronto, did you expect that? Did you know that was coming? Did they give you a heads up, or were you kind of shocked? No, I was never waived. I asked to be, if a trade would come up, would you move me? Oh, okay. That set off. They weren't happy about You know, there's no way to ask anything nice. I'd been there seven <laughs> and seven and a bit years. Yeah. So I just asked if there's, you know, for a new little start. They were trying to go younger. Mm-hmm. And then all hell hit, you know. But it was, I mean, some things are, it is what it is. Yeah. You get to a certain age where you see it happen to everyone before you. Right, right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's not like you're new to the game. No. Everybody got it. And generally speaking, yeah, it, it doesn't unless you're Gretzky or even him. You know, even him had trouble and got traded and. and but it, yeah. well, that's it. And then he right. was traded a couple of times at the end. And, yeah. and you're right, but I, I mean, there's a time when you got to get out. I think he did it. You know, really could have jumped out a year earlier. Um, did you like your time in Vancouver? Good team. Pat Quinn coaching. I uh, like Pat Quinn a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Really like Pat Quinn. And I had, and as I grew up with a a dad like Pat Quinn. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you had, the one thing about Pat is he had respect of all the guys. Full res. I, I don't think you'll ever ask a guy about Pat and say you didn't have full respect for his, how smart he was. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing about Pat. If, if someone said, what was Pat's downfall? He relied too much. When he, when he had an older guy and liked him, yeah. he went with him too much. I'd agree with that, looking at him at his Leaf career, you know? Yeah. You just, and, and really, you've got to bring the young guy. I mean, I, I think we had a rookie here one year, never played in the playoffs. <laughs> but that, that's what I would say he did. He did yeah. it in Vancouver a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's, he did it in Toronto. But, I mean, that's not a real bad fault. That's, yeah. No, no, People yeah. like that when no, you yeah. have faith in the old, you know, the older guy's gone through the war and he's going to let him go through it again. Well, he's got a great coaching record. He's in the Hall of Fame for a reason, you know. But I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have full respect for Pat. Right. I always like Pat. And he always had time for you, even if now, if I called him, obviously not yeah. now, but when he was alive, if you called him, yep. he, would, he would always have time to talk. Oh, to that's cool. Um, Again, did injuries strike in Vancouver those two years, or did you were you scratched? Oh, I was on the downswing. Yeah, yeah. He went yeah. played a lot when I got there. Not a lot, but I played. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we had some younger guys. We had Peter Nedved had just come in. They made him their first round pick. Mm-hmm. They made him the first round pick. So, um, you you know. you, uh, you probably could have kept playing in the league, or were you? Were, 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 no, for, you know what? I had a. I, I probably could have, but sick, 
80 games was a lot with my groin. Yeah, yeah. So you, oh, so you were you were feeling it still. It so was I had still, a bad yeah. back and a sore groin, <laughs> and I knew a guy overseas. In Switzerland. So I think the minute we lost out, mm-hmm. I got a call from overseas, and I just said, you know what? Yeah. I can do 30. And even over there, my biggest uh, thing in the freezer was an ice pack for my groin. Jeez. So um, I did it there, 36 games. But the back, everything was. You were starting to feel it. Yeah. 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 Um, good money though, right? In Switzerland, like they set you up with an apartment and a car and everything, right? Tax free. I think the yeah. money's good now. That and back in back in then, it wasn't? years it was all right. Right. You know, it wasn't, but oh. it was fun. I mean, I'm glad I did it. I don't look back and regret anything that I. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm glad I went. I tell people to go now. Right. Just because yeah. it's you're living there, it's only for the season. It's not like you got to move there with a job and you live there for, for yeah. good. Yeah, no, for sure. The hockey's a little, little bit more uh, um, laid back, right? It's not like so much like you said. Like guys aren't looking to beat the crap out of you. They're not, you know. It's it's a it's a good brand of hockey. Yeah, and it was only thirty six games when I was there. Yeah, um, so it was, and there were good guys. There were we had a lot of. I played with Kenya Remcha. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, former Leaf. Yeah. So we we had a lot of fun. We had a good team, and we had a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad I did it. I have no regrets doing that. I don't think even my wife liked it. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Um, I've been there a few times to Geneva, so it's a nice country. Um, Very nice. Picturesque is yeah. the word, because I was even, even as a 30-year-old, I thought, wow, is this unbelievable here. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's uh, let's uh, end this thing, uh, Paul Pocky podcast with uh, Tom Fergus. I got a few more questions for you, and then we'll wrap it up. Thanks for your time. Um, best game you had in the NHL? Is there a game that stands out? Game or two that stands out for you? Oh, you know what? If there was, I wouldn't remember him now anyway. My <laughs> the biggest regret would be not winning the Stanley Cup. Right. Because I think if you win the cup, like a good buddy is Mike Krushelinski. Yeah. So we started in Boston together. Yeah. He got traded to Edmonton, and I went to Toronto. But the one thing he does say is you, you really feel like you've – because every hockey player's dream is the cup. Absolutely, right? He, he's funny. He's a great guy, and he, that's what he says. He won the cup, so it's it's like you, you've done what you set out to do. He won it a bunch of times, too. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think you're more... Uh, and then he, he joined you in Toronto, maybe. Or were you gone by then? He oh, came, I played with him in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, he too. came back to Toronto in the fear thing, in the fear deal and all that. Um, so, okay, which building did you enjoy playing in more, the Garden or the, or the Maple Leaf Gardens? Which one was cooler? Uh, that's a good question. I found all the sixes... All the original six were the, pretty similar. Chicago was probably the best building. Yeah. Because it was so deafeningly loud. Right. But all the original six were pretty good. I'd uh, say all the original six were the best. Yeah. Yeah, you were pretty in, – in, uh, yeah, you didn't win the Stanley Cup and everything else, but you scored a lot of goals, a lot of points in the league. And, and you got to play in Boston and Toronto. Kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you know, definitely kind of a – They look back on that as – Yeah. As lucky because I think the original six still have a little. I mean, I don't know if it does for these kids. Uh, yeah, but it does have a little luster that the other ones I don't think. I don't think can ever get. Right. Yeah, I agree. Is there? You no, know, but maybe maybe that's my generation. Maybe today's generation. Wow. They think the Anaheim Ducks have been around forever. The <laughs> the buildings are so cookie cutter now, though. Too. They're all yeah, so you know. They're all so the same. When you watch those old games, you can really tell each building well, had a character. I don't think they'll ever rekindle that. No, no. You just it's just the way it is. They build. They're so differently built. It's like going to Fenway Park. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to Fenway Park. It's it's. Yeah. Nostalgic. It's the old style. It's it's the way baseball was, but it's not anymore. Is uh is there a goalie that had your number? Is there a guy that you struggled with, couldn't beat? Uh, not really. No. I never gave that. Again, never. Never thought about most it. Most we did was see who's in that and where he might be weak. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, no, not really. I I wasn't that superstitious about that. This might be an easy question. Uh, is Middleton the best player you've ever played with, or was there another guy that stood out? Is there another talented, amazing guy that you played? I mean, Bork, too, maybe, but he was a D. I played with Bork also. Yeah. Uh, Salming was quite a player. Yeah, he's 
Really good, huh? Played with Pavel Bure. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Bure, right? That's a, yeah, that, that guy I mean, was. There's probably a few more that I can't think of. Right, but the, couple... the the ones that were up there above the, you know, the great. I played with a lot of great players, but the ones that were just superstars, mm-hmm. you really can tell. Well, I imagine as a number one guy in the Leafs, you're matched up against Mario and Wayne. They're like, hey, Tom, your shifts, your your lines up, right? Yeah, and I mean... they were so, so skilled. It, it was. <laughs> I used to tell people when they came to town, I said, it's going to be a tough ticket to get, but try to get it because you won't see this again. Yeah. And and I'm actually, I don't think you'll see that again, but you will see something of similar feats with McDavid. Yeah, he's he's something else, man. He's got the wheels, too, he's got. He's such a big guy. He's, you know, Mario didn't have wheels like that. I'm, putting him, I'm not putting him in Mario's class, but... He didn't. Mario have, did have wheels, though. You think? Yeah. He more oh, yeah. more than yeah. It was so big. His right. wheel was two strides. <laughs> Good point. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Two strides, and he was already done. He's at and the you other can't end. Can't say Gretzky didn't have wheels. I mean, they. they yeah. It's all. Were they the fastest guys in the league? No, but Gretzky doesn't get ninety goals by not being able to move quickly and, yeah. and do. Sure, he could read the play, but he could move. Yeah. You don't score ninety goals in an old timer game if you can't freaking. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. To think these good, for people to think that they weren't fast, they were brilliant, fast. They could do everything. That's why they were able to do what they did. Well, uh, Tom, thank you, uh, thank you for your time entertaining uh, a podcast. Uh, a nice career in the NHL. You almost wish you hadn't been traded to the Leafs because your numbers in Boston were were really good. And if you'd been on, like we talked about earlier, if you'd been on a great team, perhaps you could have done uh, uh, even better with your numbers. Your points per game is pretty up there, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you got traded to the crappy Toronto Maple Leafs for year after year. But um, still, it was entertaining, and uh, and thank you. Thanks for your time, and uh, and good luck with everything. Just one last note. The sure. one thing about Toronto, we definitely struggle, but they do have great fans here. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I would say that they hang in more than any other. I mean, I don't know what other. No. When you. Has fans like Toronto. So let's hope that within the next few years, the Leafs. The Reefs rekindle and yeah. start winning, and then we'll see. Then we'll see craziness. As a as a lifelong Leaf fan, I, I I agree with you earlier. I think they are on the right track, and I like it. I think it's it's going well, and uh, yeah, it'll be insane if they ever actually manage to even get to the semifinals again, like with the Gilmore years. You know, well, uh, let's hope. So, uh, thanks, Tom. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Okay, take care. Thanks. Bye.